Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neath the cover of October skies. You know, the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that blow. You know, I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz. Hope everybody had a great Father's Day weekend and quite the uh, quite the U.S. Open tournament. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood made a run at it, but uh, just couldn't quite get there. But uh, Kepka uh, did a little uh, a repeat, which is pretty cool. And uh, what a great way to spend Father's Day. Anyways, uh, markets are under a little pressure today. Uh, you know, again, no, no surprise, but I don't see anything major one way or the other. I think we continue to have to observe these markets. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of things going on. And, of course, the markets are not all that jittery, as, as one might think they could be, based on what's going on. You would expect to be see a little bit more jittery action. But I don't think that's what we're actually seeing. I think we're seeing a pretty calm and stoic market. Uh, based on what's going on, uh, you know, again, if you if you look at it and you say, uh, well, we sh- we should be down more, wouldn't you think? I mean, I would think we should be down more when you look at what's going on, but we're not. So again, I would suspect that there'll probably be, you know, more of this churning, churning and yearning and burning action. Uh, again, I don't think there's a heck of a lot going on, and uh, uh, interesting enough, uh, you know. Uh, it looks like oil is cooked. Uh, oil had a big sell-off overnight, did rally back a little bit. But again, we would be we would look to continue to be sellers in the oil patch. Uh, uh, gold is uh, it really did not rally as much as you would, would have liked to have seen after that debacle it had on on Friday. On grains, looked like they're still in a little bit of pressure. But I think that's uh, I think you're looking right now. If you're looking for positions, you're looking to be uh, a seller of oil. Not here. I mean, on a rally, you're looking to be a buyer of gold somewhere lower than here. Uh, you're looking to be a buyer of grains somewhere around here. And we'll kind of see how uh, how the cattle trades the next couple of days because obviously, obviously that big spin around on, on Friday, we need to now let this the pattern reset a little bit. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, overall we're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, it's, it, it's funny uh, how when, uh, when businesses get better and there's a little bit more people spending money, uh, how the the industry, especially the restaurant industry, forgets about the people that were supporting them through the tougher times. And over the weekend, I went to a, a very famous rib place in Chicago uh, called Carson's Ribs. Uh, and, of course, I've been going there since it opened, uh, I don't know, about 35 years ago. And, you know, they, they expanded. They had a bunch of restaurants, and then they're down to a few less now. Uh, but typically, we're the best ribs in the in the city. Uh, and if you like, you know, the the firmer, harder to get off the bone ribs, which that's depending on, you know, some people like them soft, some people like them hard. I like them hard. But anyways, great ribs, very convenient location for me. So we've figured out to take my family out uh, for for uh, uh, dinner. 
And I go in and uh, sit down. I have a cocktail. Order dinner, and I go to the waiter. I said, "How, how about some bread?" You know, because every restaurant gives you bread when you're eating. You know, when you're spending, you know, thirty-five dollars for a dinner, <laughs> you know, they give you lose a little bread to go with your salad or whatever. And the waiter goes, "That's five bucks." I go, "Are you out of? Your, I mean, I can't say on the radio what I actually said, but I said, "Are you out of your mind? You have the nerve to want to charge me five dollars for a basket of bread?" when I'm spending $130 or $150 in this restaurant and you want to get me for, for, for a basket of bread? I said, you are fill in the blank nuts. And the manager came over because you know, I was, I'm not exactly a quiet and shy retiring guy. And of course I went ballistic and I, I walked up and I said, I'm not paying for the drinks and I'm not eating here. You can, you can take all that stuff and stick it. Okay, you tell me, am I nuts? I mean, we know I'm a little wacko, but am I nuts or is this guy, are they out of their minds? I mean, trying to charge you for something that comes with almost every meal in every restaurant throughout the country. And yet they're trying to pick up an extra $5 profit off of me, off of the, the huge profit they already made with the uh, with the thirteen dollar uh, uh, crappy booze and wine, to the three and a half dollar four dollar Coca Cola, uh, you know, so they want they want to whack me off a little bit more and and grab another piece of it. So of course I'll never go back there. I mean that's one thing about me. I, I never going back there, and and of course I wish them nothing but pain. <laughs> you know I hope that they I hope they go to business. That that's to me. When 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 a a restaurant any business starts to change the dynamics because I think they can I think that's a joke I wouldn't care if they raise the prices on the menu okay but to to charge me individually for that I thought it was criminal I was really pissed off about it and of course that's why I'm talking about it here uh, but anyways so I think this week is you know we're we're coming into the the summer and um, you know we do have the end of the quarter coming up so we, that could create a little action. Uh, I don't think the markets will go all that good. However, uh, I think you got uh, you've got the um, uh, markets are holding. You've got uh, some stuff that you know looks like the Russell and Nasdaq have been very very powerful. So they look like they want to go higher. So I'm going to I'm just going to assume that there's a possibility that they'll drag up uh, the other markets with them. Uh, you know, obviously we don't know that for a fact, but. Uh, I would assume that this rally will continue. I would assume uh, that we'll see uh, some uh, activity here uh, towards the upside. Uh, you know, again, I think this is going to be more of the the same type of action where it'll be a uh, buy the dip mentality for a while. And again, I personally am not buying the dip here. I'm just waiting uh, for an opportunity to sell, uh, and not that I'm bearish, and that's which, that's why we're. We're neutral. Uh, we're, we're neutral and observing, versus getting active here. Again, the one, the biggest thing I need to see is a little bit more volatility show up in the market. As long as there's no volatility, uh, I'm not all that excited about getting involved. I think that this is the the the, the whole key is you know the, the the lack of volatility, the lack of market action is gives you a lack of real opportunity. But the, the one thing we don't get in a market that has no action is forgiveness. 
you know, if the markets are real busy and action is good, then there is what we call a little bit of forgiveness in the trade, right? You make a bad trade, you got a chance. When there is no volatility, you have no forgiveness in the market and you have no chance. So in my view and in my eyes, I'd rather sit on the sidelines and observe these markets waiting as, as we see, you know, what, what looks like the next best footprint because I don't see this being a great move to the upside. Again, I think we can make new highs. But I think it's going to be a grind, and I, I don't know that, for me, it's something that I want to get too aggressive or too involved in because I don't, I don't see the opportunity uh, for the upside uh, to be powerful enough to, to make me any real money, but I do see the potential beatdown that I could take if, if I'm wrong. So I'd rather, again, sometimes it's just better, they say in the old, the old days, sometimes you fish, sometimes you cut bait. I think this is a time, in my eyes, to uh, cut bait and watch. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, you know, our high school investing program, we're coming into the new school year. And of course, if you'd like to help us out, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. Uh, we are um, uh, trying to continue this, but it's getting to be very close. And we've had some great help from some of you. And if, if you'd like to step in and help a little more, great, because uh, we'd like to keep it going. But if not, we'll just have to shut it down. But for now, it's patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. And this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bob We'll be right back with more after the break with our friend, Jane King. The Bubba Show, Todd Bob We're coming right back. Yeah. Back with The Bubba Show, Todd Bob Horowitz. It's time for the one, the only, the unbelievably talented, Lila Max Media's Kaching Reports, Jane King. What's up, Jane King? Hey, Todd. How's it going? It's going good. It's By going the way, good. did you hear the podcast? It turned out great. So... Um, yeah, anybody who doesn't know, Toby's a guest on the Kaching with Jane King podcast. It's out. Um, go to, you know, Twitter. I think you have it on your website too, Todd. I do. Of course I have it on my website. Are you yeah. kidding? Uh, the chance to listen to myself <laughs> talk? No, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> it, you did a lot of talking. No, it, 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 <laughs> I did do a lot of I talking. Like I, awesome. I have a big mouth. You know, you turn me, you, you wind me up, you turn me on, you let me go. No, it was really good and I enjoyed it. And we had some, uh, some very good banter and I thought it was great. And uh, I think yeah. everybody should listen to it because I think it's important to, for, for everyone. But uh, definitely. So, Jane, we got obviously a lot of stuff. First question, what did you think about the summit? What was your what was your takeaway when it was all over? Well, first of all, it was absolutely fascinating to watch. Um, Just from I was watching that night and the cars coming up. And, you know, it it was interesting to watch TV networks cover it because it kind of felt like I mean, this was real news. Like, this needed no additional hype. They had a camera that was, like, behind a tree, and it was interesting. Um, And just seeing Kim Jong-un get out of the car and take those 10 kind of, you know, simple steps into the building, and then there's Trump, and then they met. And I I called my kids, and I was like, you guys got to see this. This is history. And I kind of explained a little bit to them what was going on and why this was such a big deal. And I thought it was just fascinating. And I know, you know, of course, he's got his critics out there. He always does. Um, but I don't know what they expected. I mean, did you expect, like, you know, for this? I mean, this is the first meeting. And I think as long as there's continued to be progress being made and they're moving toward the goal of denuclearization with each 
subsequent meeting that they're having, I think this is going to be a great thing. And I was just really proud. I thought I thought the president did a great job. No, I thought it was great. I mean, look, I'm happy. And by the way, did you see? So the other thing was he did that press conference the next morning at four in the morning. He'd been up, I think, like 25 hours. I mean, I'm in constant awe of his just stamina. And he did that press conference and answered all the questions. And it went about a half hour, and he was like, I'll answer some more questions. We can keep this going. I mean, it's really amazing just how much energy he has. So um, it was cool. The whole thing was just absolutely fascinating. He is whacked. He is a great guy, and he just keeps going. I mean, he's like the Everardy Bunny, right? Just plug a new battery in and yes. send him on his way. Although, you know, it's funny because when he came back to the White House and he was walking out to, I think it was Air Force One, I was like, he looks, his eyes look a little puffy. Well, he's the first time I've ever seen him look even the slightest bit tired. But that Singapore, uh, that East Coast to Singapore trip is a killer. I mean, I know people who do that and they're like, it's the worst trip. So it's tough. Yeah, but I don't know if it's so tough if you're an Air Force One, though. But I mean, it's tough anyways. But that's one way to go. (laughs) Right. But all right. So then we had, of course, we had on Wednesday, we had the Fed who basically continue their stumbling and bumbling and of course i mean paul seems to be a nice guy and he seems to be you know, he's not a real economist so he does at least speak some form of english yeah uh but well, again that was, that was the best thing about it was that he's playing he speaks plainly and i i think you know for people who are just learning about economics it'd be a great way to learn i mean you just don't have to listen to greenspan you know and um, you could listen to him and speak about what they did with interest rates. I think you'd learn a lot. You know, I, I, I agree with that. I think, and of course, then we had Demario Draghi uh, on Thursday who, you know, they said, well, we're not doing anything. And of course, we've seen some action. But in the meantime, we're kind of in the in, in the summer mode of markets. And uh, so the whole news flow is, is on to, uh, you know, of course, the getting rid of Donald Trump. And the big statement of the week, of course, you know, I was going to bring this up, Bill Maher. And he says that he wishes we go into a recession so we can get rid of Trump. Now, how, how yeah. big of a moron, or I don't even have to call him a moron, but how big of a moronic statement is that? Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you really think about what a recession means, I mean, think what we went through in 2008, 2009. I mean, how many millions of jobs were lost? Um, how many families were impacted by that? Um, and it's not just, you know, a job loss or, you know, a little bit of a retraction in the economy. I mean, it postpones home buying. It postpones childbearing. Um, it, it, you know, student debt goes up because people go back to school more. I mean, just the implications of a recession are horrible. And he's an idiot for making that statement. I mean, why? Well, I can understand if you're not liking President Trump. You know, you know listen, there, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, and there's people that are in the middle. There's libertarians. But... Don't you want your country to be better, even no matter who's in the office? Is that am I? An, I am a little nuts, but it, I mean, in, in well, what was that? Robert De Niro also said something. Uh, F Trump, oh, yeah. I believe that was. I mean, well, you're dealing with radical people who are emotional. I mean, they, think that they don't think clearly, and that's what makes them radical to begin with. And then they make these overly emotional statements. I mean, they're just they're just wired more emotional. And that's how they're reacting. I'm glad they're not in charge. I, and, and I think they're helping the Republican Party by just the ridiculousness. No, again, and I, I don't, I, again, it, w- it would be so much better if we could just, you know, again, go through this and, 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 and have everybody on the same page. Because, listen, the economy is, is getting better. I mean, I still see a lot of issues myself personally, you know, just out, what's out there. 
because I don't think people are making enough money. But at the end of the day, it's still there is improvement and it's going to be mm-hmm. a long road because, you know, the, the previous eight years and then the previous eight years before that were not great for this country. OK, we did not do a lot of good things between Bush and Obama. They did not do a lot of great things for this country. And I think that, you know, Trump's motto to make America great again. I think he is he's doing everything he can in his power. Unfortunately, he has to spend half his time fighting nonsense just to get that what he wants to get done. Whereas if they just do it, what the, everyone was supposed to do. I think we'd be a lot farther along right now. What do you think? Yeah, well, I th- we could see 4% GDP, 4% growth, which is what he predicted. So, I mean, that's entirely possible. And then, you know, that's a whole, that's a game changer. It's a whole new game. And, you know, I kind of, you know, you and I have talked about the stock market and where it is and all that. I mean, I felt like, I felt like what we have experienced since 2009, 2010 has been basically kind of government boosted growth, low interest rates, keeping them low forever, bond buying, stuff like that. Now I feel like this is what growth is really supposed to be. It's supposed to be low taxes, low regulation, more innovation. Let people go out and be productive. Don't hamper them with a bunch of rules and regulations. Let them, let them use their brains and just their sheer hard work to be productive. And I feel like that is the phase we're going into as long as Trump is elected. And I think, you know, I, I think he's, if things keep going this way, he's going to get elected again in 2020. Oh, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win on a landslide. That's my opinion. I, I, I think that, you know, in spite of the uh, of all the talk of the other side, um, the um, American people are even if they want to admit it, are, are liking what he's doing. And I think that's great. And I, I hope the next thing they actually work on, which is the things that near and dear to you and me, is the education system. And in your opinion, Jane, what's it going to take to get real education into schools for for kids and you know young adults and them to actually really teach them about the, the true economy and not the made up one that we typically watch all the time yeah well you know i mean i, I think well, it has to be a priority i mean it's not you know my kids I, I just went through middle school tours with my son he's going to be in middle school next year and we toured probably nine or ten middle schools and not one of them brought up financial education um but they brought up almost all of them, the buzzwords of education right now, inclusion, um, you know, they do a lot of group things, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, which is all okay. But I feel like, I feel like we're missing some of the real hard stuff that kids need to learn, like math and science. It doesn't seem like there's enough emphasis on that. It's all about, um, and it's, it's a lot of, it's about racial, social justice, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if that's really, you know, my son, like, saw some protesters in New York once and I don't know, he kind of was interested in them and I said, well, you don't grow up and be a professional protester. I mean, do something <laughs> else, you know? Unless you're working and, for George but, Soros. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you may make 50 bucks a day, but come on. So he, um, you know, he, he kind of gets it, but I don't know if a lot of parents, like, a lot of moms are kind of into this stuff right now and they're the ones that seem to be more involved in education. I do think kids, you know, I, I think we need to, um, I think they should go longer. I mean, they basically go September to, well, my kids, September to June. Um, and that leaves them two full months of no education. And, you know, my kids go to camp and we do a summer reading program, but I think the kids who really need that constant education aren't getting it. I think they're doing a lot of kind of stuff in the summer. They don't really realize the grind that you have to do when you work. So I'd like to see schools expand their school years and maybe tack on another 45 minutes each day the, um, to the, do some, more, some harder studies. The words, according to Jane King, Lila Mc- and our friend Jane King always brings us the best information. That is Jane King of Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report, and uh, one of our educational partners. 
In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. Uh, help us get to our goal of one million downloads a month. And uh, uh, also, don't forget to uh, get our daily update, which is available to you for free at bubbatrading.com. Just fill out a little form that pops up, no charge, no credit card. I'll just send you the update every day after the close. This is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz will be back after the break with Matt Demeter. The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz are coming right back to you. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, and Todd Bubba Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. And of course, Matt, we were talking. So go ahead and finish your thought on Litecoin and the speed of transactions, because that's the one I actually buy when I want to transfer it somewhere else. It's just easier and cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, Litecoin, you know, with Bitcoin, I've stopped using it as for anything, really. But uh, to send it from one play from one exchange to another you could be waiting what 30 minutes 40 minutes until 50 minutes maybe until it get you know it it's fully transferred to the your other uh exchange or, or wallet or destiny whatever your destination is it could take that long but with litecoin we're talking about 10 minutes right or, or less almost instantaneous it, it, it's really less, pretty yeah, good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so god i'm go sorry good well, when things get very, very busy and there's a lot of activity, it, it can get a little bit longer. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes it can be very, it can be just a minute or two. Yeah. Right. I mean, I make a transfer. So now all of a sudden, and of course, you and I knew this was going to happen. We talked about it a long time, but all of a sudden now there's going to be uh, Ethereum futures. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So another, another bit of acceptance. And, and of course, you know, you said that all along and I believe Ethereum was or still is your, your, your choice, your, your, your number one choice. Um, I don't know if that's still the case, but I know that you, you were not a big fan of Bitcoin, and uh, uh, although that's what we used to gauge it by. But what are your thoughts? Well, it's it. I, I'm still I still like it. I, it's not probably my number one choice. I'd probably uh, put EOS and a couple others above it, but uh, uh, <clears throat> still I still think they have a good shot. I think they have an excellent team. I think it's a great project, uh, and I think it's great that. Uh, they were ruled not to be a security, like Bitcoin. But I mean, are they going to roll these out one at a time? That's it's just there's so many, there's 1,600 coins to deal with. Let's figure out whether they're securities or not. But I think it's great that they're saying Ethereum is not a security. I think it's great that they're going to do futures. I still think uh, Ethereum has a great shot at uh, having a, you know just a great. It's just a great project. You, you know, they they may still have a shot at, at you know smart contract. Dominance so far, they, that's that's their world to themselves. 
basically. I mean, they have like 90% market share. If EOS starts, if EOS, if the EOS project starts working instead of you know getting grinding to a halt as it has recently, then they're going to have serious competition. But until that point, uh, yeah, Ethereum. Uh, I'm still very positive on Ethereum. Now, there's the Augur platform is one of the big things of of uh, Ethereum, right? Ethereum, right? Is that Augur? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm not sure. Well, Augur is uh, like a prediction market thing, but uh, I don't know if they use uh, if they're built on top of Ethereum or not, or if they use Ether tokens. But um, I, I, you know, you, I'm not sure about that one. But I, it very Augur may very well be built on Ethereum. Okay, no, I, I mean I know because they're, they're 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 you always call it it's uh, it's called I think software mining. But it's proof of stake versus proof of work, right? Right. Uh, proof of stakes. Proof of stakes a lot faster, which is, and I think better. Right. That's what you said from you said that from the beginning, and of course, I think that's turning out, which is what the EOS platform is going to be is proof of stake, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so now I, I know you're a big fan of Binance, and and now that Binance is going to start accepting or, or doing something with fiat currency, any thoughts to that? Uh, I think that's. I, mean, I think that's just gonna make everybody's life easier. I mean, every you know the 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 thing that we were dealing with with all these crypto only exchanges was we needed stable coins. So you know, if you were if you were in Binance and you held a few coins, uh, and then you, you you're like me and you're following it and you think, oh wow, this is really overbought. We're gonna see a correction. You have to, you know, have to take all your coins out of Bi- of the Binance exchange. Got to get them to an exchange where you can conver- convert them to cash, because you don't want to you don't want to suffer on the on the, the move down. There was there was one choice, you know, a few months back or, or more, and that was Tether. The only problem with Tether Tether is supposed to be tethered, tied to uh, the U.S. dollar, and the only problem with that is they said they had a dollar for every Tether coin. Uh, so it would typically stay at one, but then they got hit with a, a subpoena by the SEC, and there were claims that they never they, they didn't hold a one dollar for every coin; they weren't backed. And so it became one of these things: Do you really trust Tether? And you know they undermined confidence pretty good. So long to try to long story short, we need we either need stable coins to come into play besides Tether, additional ones, or we needed to be able to go back to fiat. Uh, so I think it's good that if, if Binance is moving to accept uh, fiat, I think that's a good thing because it allows you to sidestep major corrections. And I, I listen, and, and, and just a, a side note for me is, you know, I, I love these people that say they have enough. It's like the banks with the reserve. They don't have enough in reserve either. That's my opinion. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, uh, so now there's been some talk, and I and, and this is interesting, that the weakness in in uh, Bitcoin recently has been because of the expiration of the futures. You know, the, obviously now we're into uh, was a year now we've been doing futures on, on on Bitcoin, and these expirations are becoming bigger. Uh, I don't necessarily buy that, but I, I want to get your opinion. Is that could that have contributed to some of the weakness in, in Bitcoin? The expiration of the futures. Uh, that you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, it, it would. I think what what what's been keeping Bitcoin down is uh, from a from the fundamental side uh, is probably you know certain whales dumping, and if that's 
you know, affecting futures. Maybe they have a reason for to do that because they're also in the futures. I don't know. Uh, but as far as the expirations, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, we, nobody really knows. I mean, it's, yeah. that's just a theory, you know. I mean, you know, when as, as we know, we just came through a triple witching cycle and, you know, options, futures, and uh, currencies at the same time. Of course, that's really been toned down the way they expire them now because when I first started trading, they did all expire at the same time on a Friday afternoon, which was caused a lot of ha- havoc. But in the meantime, now, <clears throat> you know, there, there there is building some open interest and there is some stuff, so maybe it was. And again, I don't know either, which is why I figured we did, we'd talk about it but uh, the 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 big story here is is that the acceptance now and the in the way that we continue to see uh, new potential exchanges opening up new new pro- potential products and I, I think this is just again cementing more of a base or a bottom which would tie into your feel that that the, the prices are going to go higher and uh, it kind of it kind of lends into all of it together because if, if indeed there was some cause and effect from the expiration that just means there's more acceptance and more approval because people are doing something to try to protect against what they already own what do you think of that yeah no i mean you know when we first started talking about bitcoin futures i wasn't super positive about it because there was no you know quote physical delivery of actual bitcoin it was just cash settled and my worry was that if you wanted to manipulate bitcoin what you could do is short the bitcoin futures i mean provided there was enough liquidity which there really wasn't that much at the beginning um but if there was enough liquidity you could short the hell out of bitcoin futures and then you know the big bitcoin market at the time was not very liquid you could you could gap it down on on if you if you had enough firepower you could you could move bitcoin down fairly easily and then you could clean up on the on the if you had a larger position in the futures i don't know if any of that comes into play of what we're talking about but i but yeah if we're getting to the end of that if that had anything to do with like the manipulation of the bitcoin market with expiration of futures yeah it it ties in with the bottom. I think that's great. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I think, think it's good that that would be over. Yeah, right. No, I understand. And, and of course, the mining continues now. In mining, uh, proof of stake versus proof of uh, work or whatever it is, you mine for both of those. Is that does that work the same way? Not really. I mean, you have so the. I, I, and to be honest with you, I don't. I don't get into the technical details too much of what what's the difference between. Uh, actual mining and then the proof of stake validation process. So you have uh, in, in proof of stake you have block validators, and they just they they'll produce a block, but the intensity of the the algorithms they have to solve are not as high as what you have to do in mining. Uh, so I'm not, and I'm honestly I'm not sure how big a difference it is. All I know is that the the processing power necessary to do uh, proof of stake is far lower, so there, you know, that, that it, it, it doesn't get slowed down as much. So uh, that's that's what I know about proof of stake. I mean, if I want to get really, because as you know, I, I spend most of my time on charts and and doing my job as a technician. But uh, but I when I do look at the fundamentals, uh, proof of stake coins can offer much faster transaction speeds, and uh, they they are a bit more centralized, like. EOS only has 21. I mean, with miners, you can have millions of, you know, of machines each trying to, you know, get the block reward uh, from, you know, producing a from 
solving the algebra, uh, sol- solving the um, the math problem, and then getting the uh, the block reward, which is the uh, the new Bitcoin. But uh, with proof of stake, uh, it, it, you're 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 down to for EOS anyway. You're down to 21 block validators. So you're going from millions of computers down to 21 you know block validators. So it's much more centralized. But I think decentralized enough that um, you're not really going to be able to take out EOS unless you can take out all you know 21 of the validators. So just from that perspective, you don't have to rely on all these different computers to uh, slow down the system. You, you, it's it, but it is more centralized. This is this is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz and Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com. Make sure you download the show every day at LibertyTalk.fm. Help us out and help us reach our goals. And also, don't forget to get Bubba's daily update, which is available to you for free at BubbaTrading.com. Check it out. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll be right back after the break with more. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Demeterresearch.com and Todd Bubba Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. All right, Matt. So... Uh, the markets last week had, uh, you know, pretty flat, I guess, except the NASDAQ and Russell and that and Russell were higher again, uh, which is kind of, uh, consistent with your theory that the, the Russ, the NASDAQ is going to get the 8,000. Uh, what did you take away from the overall action? And of course, and once again, we had a Friday overnight sell-off only to, to find some buyers come in. Now we did close down, but at the end of the day, it certainly wasn't what it could have been because it certainly could have gotten ugly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I you know, they both... Nasdaq still looks on pace for eight thousand, and Russell two thousand. I have a target at. Uh, sorry, just one second. It's actually slightly rising. It's at uh, seventeen twenty. Call, call it seventeen twenty five, seventeen twenty seven. So I think once we hit those levels, we'll get we'll get a pullback. I'm no longer sure that it's going to be. Uh, I, I will, we'll get a correction from those levels. The cr- question is, will that be a bull market top? And I don't know if it will be or not. The, the, the thing that doesn't line up for me is the NYSE composite. I have a target that's about 13% higher. Meanwhile, NASDAQ 8,000, that's only 3% away, 3, 3.2% away. And Russell's roughly the same. So that's not, that's not far. And we should be able to hit those levels at that point, I'll be getting short for a big move down. Uh, but again, is it going to be a bull market top? I'm questioning it only because I have another chart in the NYC that says it hasn't topped, and that's much further away. Like I said, 13, 13 14%. Right. So. A lot of the NYSE stocks, because of their global views, are have not been quite participating as in as big as this rally has been. But again, I could I could understand that. And of course... Uh, I tell you what really caught me off guard uh, last week was oil. I mean, not oil, excuse me, gold. Gold, you yeah. know, I, I thought gold looked like it was pretty good. It looked like it was going to pop a little bit. And then the next thing you know, it was it got cracked for like 27 28 bucks on Friday. And then it broke and violated everything. What's your what's your view and look at gold here now? Yeah, that was pretty vicious. Um, my, my take is that it's, for me, it still hasn't fully broken support. I mean, we, it, it, it landed on a pivot support line for me that still that still uh, sets up for a, a top that's now at about 1370 and declining so let's put it this way if we break any lower uh, Monday Tuesday Wednesday then 
you know, then we're, we got a, then it's got a problem. Then it's just going to be a breakdown. And, and by the way, I've never given up on the idea that we're going to go to, we're eventually going to lower lows in gold. Um, you know, I still think we, the bottom is not in, in gold that we are going to, uh, make lower lows, but that aside, uh, you know, that was pretty vicious. I think it's still on, on support. There's still support here. It's declining, but it's a pivot support that could bounce it right back up. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be short selling into this. I, you know, I, if I was going to take a shot, I'd probably take a shot on the long side. I would take a shot on the long side and I would stop out if we go anything below, say, uh, 1272, something like that. Uh, silver, same, same deal. Like where, where it bottomed on Friday, uh, about 14, four, 1645, I think, uh, I take a shot. I take a shot on the long side and just stop out at about sixteen forty. So very low, low risk, high reward plays now from down here because your stops yeah. are very, very close, which which makes sense. And of course, uh, oil has continued to you know do exactly what you stated it would do based on what your work was, and uh, it looks like we're headed to uh, sixty two as the next is the next stop. Uh, do you do you see a bounce coming in oil in the next? you know, a week or so just because of the, the conditions we're in or uh, you see it's continuing to go lower? Uh, I, I think it just, it continues lower down to that 62 level. It, it, it formed that uh, bear flag, which we're breaking, which is what, you know, it's breaking down from on Friday. And I think that should continue down to 62, at which point I'll start lightening up. <clears throat> I'll start lightening up our short positions. And look to be uh, a seller on another rally. Right? I mean, I, I know oh, yeah, the, the yeah, overall yeah, pattern yeah. has not changed. Right. So, yeah. it, it, I mean, obviously it, it, it looks ugly. And, of course, one big thing that you don't typically watch, but you still have in, 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 in favor of being short, is the what we call the backwardation pattern that we're still trading in. Uh, because at the end of the day, when, when the front month oil is more expensive than the rest and we're still – uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, August is, is, is front month now and August is 64 and change and December is, uh, 62 and change. So that's backwardation, which is not obviously not logical. And of course that usually leads to a much bigger break, which we saw in July of 2014. Uh, and we continue to see that now, uh, what are the, um, the VIX futures doing? They've been getting, they got ripped even again, based on what the market was doing on Friday, the VIX, the VIX futures got ripped. Basically they were down marginally, but when the market was down 150, you know, the VIX futures were hardly down, which obviously was a sign that we weren't going to get, we weren't going to get pounded on Friday. Yeah, and uh, you know, Vix. I mean, yeah, I can I can only basically agree with that. Um, I don't see a near term trigger immediately. I don't see anything immediate in, in the Vix that will that will send it a lot higher. Um, the uh, commercial positioning in that, which you know I follow closely, uh, is still pretty moderate. I mean, the the commercials hold about uh, thirty thousand to 40,000 contracts long and you know it's not extreme until we get to 100,000 so in this area let's just call it 40,000 contracts long we still have a long way to go until they get to an extreme VIX position until once you get over 100,000 I'm that's when I start anticipating any moment now you know we'll get that that big sell-off in in uh, S&P but 
we're not we're not close enough yet. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, again, it's you know complacency rules, and and until that changes, it's going to continue to rule. And of course, uh, the Treasury bonds have been kind of waffling back and forth. And I know you have a target, I believe, in TLT at one twenty eight still. Yeah, it's uh, it's moving down. It's, pro- it's I think it's uh, now in the one twenty seven. It's one twenty seven and a half as of today. One twenty seven sixty actually is where it, where it is if it's shot up to it today. So uh, yeah, that's that's my target high. And once we hit it, I, I, I as you know, I want to get short because this is a long term bear market. Uh, if we were to go move to the downside, we have rising support that comes in at one. Uh, one twelve fifty. So, you know, one of these two sides is going to get hit, and then I'm, you know, either go long or go short. If I go long, it'll be very, you know, minor, modest amount. If I go short, it'll be a larger position. Uh, right, but, yeah, but, but what, what, at what point do the, the, does the declining resistance and the uh, the inclining support intersect? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's a good point. Uh, it we have to wait all the way to to. Uh, end of january so you call it called beginning of february so yeah we're talking about eight months approximately all right so it would be a consolidation move but of course obviously uh there's gonna be a lot that happens and and we've seen you know a couple of big things and to me it looks like they're going a lot lower uh i don't know if i can see 128 but again i would never say it couldn't happen uh but certainly i think that rallies right now in in the bond futures are meant to be sold uh, at, at any point, as long as they're not, I mean, I got, obviously we're not selling a one tick rally, but any kind of big vicious rally, which should be meant to be sold. Just like, I think that's the same for the Euro currency right now. What are your thoughts? I totally agree. You know, bonds, long-term bear market has already begun, been in this for a while. And then as far as the Euro, um, the, well, we, we we talked about this, you know, for the past two weeks, and you know, I was looking for a place to get short. I know you got short just the other day, right before the plunge, and that was that was great. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think any any rallies in the euro are to be sold also, and we're we've been short basically since you know one twenty five. Yeah, yeah, you call well. I mean, you called one twenty five. Listen, I, we talked to you at the dollar at eighty eight or so. Yeah. And you had the euro currency at about 124, 125. So those are pretty damn good trades considering the dollar looks at the dollar looks like it wants to break out again now. I think it came down, tested support, and now it looks like it's ready to bust out again. What do you think? Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, still along the dollar, really haven't uh, lightened up on that at all. Lightened up on uh, when we uh, when that uh, low in the euro on uh, uh, the end of May. We covered a little bit and then reshorted as we got up to, into the 118s. So you know, uh, you know, we're need these little fluctuations, but 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 beyond that, the dollar, I think, you know, as we've talked about, has a lot higher to go, and the euro has a lot lower to go. So yes, you know, we're we're still long dollar. We're going to stay long, and uh, I think you're right about you know it finding a new new level of support. And uh, I think it's just going to rally from here. Matt Demeter, as always, thank you so much. It's great to have you on. Todd's always great to be here. Thanks a lot. This is Todd Bubba Horwitz. We'll see you back here. We'll see you back here tomorrow. The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Let this old world just spin around. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.